Hey you. Yes, you. Thanks for tuning in to the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. My name is David Benjamin. I'm your host and the founder of HealthyWildAndFree.com. If you're like me, you understand that health, the mind, body, spirit, heart connection, and living a green, eco-friendly, sustainable lifestyle are some of the most valuable and life-enhancing lessons that we can learn and pass on to our children to live happy and abundant lives. That's why this podcast was created, to help you grow in these areas. If you aren't already subscribed to the newsletter, go to HealthyWildAndFree.com, click the box at the top right-hand corner to get a free copy of our latest ebook, and you will be subscribed to be notified about future podcasts. Thanks for subscribing and tuning in. Enjoy. Hello, podcast listeners. This is David Benjamin your host of the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Michelle Robin. She has been in all-around uh, in wellness for nearly three decades. She's an international speaker, a best-selling author, and a practicing chiropractor. She is the founder of Your Wellness Connection, which is one of the nation's most successful integrative healing centers, focusing on disciplines such as chiropractic, Chinese medicine, massage therapy, energy medicine, counseling, nutritional and wellness coaching, and um, the movement arts. She's the author of The E-Factor, which basically discusses three steps to vibrant health, engage, and energize, and enrich. And she's also the author of Wellness on a Shoestring, which uh, discusses the seven healthy habits uh, for a healthy life, as well as its uh, companion curriculum, the Wellness on a Shoestring, Shoestring Program. And she's also the co-author of Succeeding in Spite of Everything. Dr. Robin holds a Bachelor of Business Administration degree from Washburn University and a Doctor of Chiropractic degree from Cleveland Chiropractic College. She has received postgraduate education from a number of institutions, including Parker College of Chiropractic, Logan College of Chiropractic, Cleveland Chiropractic College, and Northwestern Health Sciences University. And she is the founder of Your Wellness Connection, which is a health and wellness center dedicated to helping their clients their uh, patients live a healthier life. And I'm going to bring her on the call right now. Michelle, are you there? I am. Good morning, David. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I just have to to say before we start the podcast, my neighbor below me, uh, sweet old lady, she's about 86 years old, and she's been kind of vacuuming on and off. So if you hear any weird humming noises, uh, you know what it is. And I tried knocking on her door, but she didn't hear me. So uh, we'll just hope she doesn't vacuum anymore. <laughs> um, I wanted to start the interview uh, asking you, um, how did you initially get into health and wellness? Gosh, I got hurt playing sports um, in high school, playing basketball, such a great sport. And my mom took me to the hospital, and my hip wasn't broken. And then she took me to the chiropractor, and um, it just... God, it changed my life in so many in so many ways. Not not just about the mechanical aspect of healing, but really looking at somebody's heart. And I personally believe that people heal from the inside out, um, mechanically, chemically, energetically, and psychologically. Mhm. So it was really so, just from an in- injury, kind of that led to that, really. Yeah, it led me it led me to a chiropractor, Dr. John Lakin, um, who happens to uh, have his. 70th birthday uh, tomorrow, so happy birthday, Dr. John, and uh, what a gift to you, he and his family have been in my life. Very cool. Um, in your books, you, in well, I forget which book it was, but one of your books you talked about uh, forming healthy habits and how important it is and, and how it's something that in order to kind of make those long-term improvements in your health, you need to create healthy habits today. Can you talk a little bit about how you work with patients and how you help them form healthy habits? You know, the first thing I do is I really just try to love them up and really just encourage them. There's so much, you know, as Brene Brown would say, there's so much shame around our physical bodies because of the way um, they're viewed in in our media and our country. And so the first thing I have to do is I I just get them to start to look at their own magnificence and, and look at the inside of who they are. And I really teach them about um, some of my favorite lines and, uh, and the things that I use in my own life to stay well. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy for me either. Um, it's not hard, but it's not easy. And, and I use a small change in the big shifts, inch by inch wellness is a cinch. Make it simple and consistent. 
So those would be some of the some of the words I would use, the words I would use. It's not about the weight. It's about creating a lifestyle that helps you live the life you want to have. I don't know about you, for when I um, am eating a healthier, clean diet, I have less inflammation, so I, I, I have less pain. I'm able to be more active, and I'm able to show up more fully present. So I'll just I just um, I just sit with them and I kind of help paint a vision of. Uh, I help paint them the vision. I, I get the vision out of them of where they want to go and kind of see where they're at. And then we take one step at a time to close the gap. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I liked about uh, actually both of your books was they were very, very positive, very uplifting, very encouraging. And that sense of encouragement and uplifting uh, energy kind of really inspires, I think, uh, the reader and, well, obviously your patients as well uh, to care about themselves and make the decisions. Um, based out of them, their true selves and how they want to become and, and, and what direction they want to move in. Uh, you, you mentioned that it takes about 21 to 30 days to form a habit. Is there any kind of, uh, kind of tricks or just little things that you use to kind of help people uh, stay on course during that time be beyond, uh, beyond uh, you know, kind of positive encouragement and that type of thing to kind of just break through that barrier? You know, I do. I'll just sometimes I'll depending on the person and their um, their personality type, I may say, you know what? Sometimes I say, gosh, Michelle, I I can't. Let, let's say hypothetically, I typically add in the good um, before I suggest taking away the bad because when you add in the good, the, the bad starts to fluff away. So a couple tricks I have is I add in the good stuff first. I'll say, you know what? Um, like I had a client yesterday, and he and he's been around my message um, for about three years because his wife is a client of mine, and I actually did a corporate wellness program for his company, Catholic Charities. And he recently became a patient because of crisis. And he said to me, I said, gosh, you know what, I had a headache last week. But you know what, I believe it was because I was dehydrated. And um, and, and he's and I got him, he was working, drinking like 16 ounces of water when I first started seeing him a, a month ago. And now he's up to 50 ounces, but he's gone back to his old habit. And, and he really, he said, now tell me how much I really, my, what am I really shooting for? And I said, well, you're really shooting for 80 ounces, half your body weight in ounces. And so I may say, you know what, instead of going from 16 ounces to 80 ounces, can you go to can you go to 50 ounces? And so I'm negotiating with them. I just kind of see where the resistance is at, and I kind of butt up against that resistance. And I say, well, gosh, well, let's work on the next week or the next two weeks just getting 50 ounces a day. And so um, and what I find is that once people get a week under their belt, they're like, yeah, this isn't too hard. I can do a second week, and I can do a third week. And and sometimes we say the goal is forever. And so I say, you know, let me just get through the next day. You know, mm-hmm. one of my favorite sayings that I heard recently from one of my friends is she'll say, you know what, I'm just not going to have that cookie today. I don't know about tomorrow, but just not today. And then she gets to the next day. She says, well, I'm not going to have that today either. And so well, everybody's so different. I think that we have looked for cookie-cutter ways to help people. And having one-on-one interaction day-to-day for um, over two decades with clients, um, everybody's different. You've got to see where their resistance is at and then try to meet them without pushing them into shame or vulnerability. Right. That's a great point. And, and I, I like that, too. It's kind of strategic to just kind of delay the the junk food or, you know, the things you know aren't as beneficial for you and then include the things in your life today that you know are beneficial for you so that kind of, uh, helps cement those habits and kind of uh, add that commitment and consistency to your routine. Uh, I, I loved I loved both of your books. Honestly, they they had a it was a very it was like a heartwarming experience reading them. It just made sense. It was very balanced. I like your approach to health and wellness. It's very holistic and balanced, and it cr- covers a broad uh, spectrum. I feel a lot of people in the holistic health space kind of have a very linear viewpoint of you know it's it's all diet or it's all you know, exercise, and usually it's diet, but, you know, um, there's so much more to it, I think. And uh, one of the quotes in your book, uh, I'll just read it real quick because I thought it was awesome. A good laugh and a long sleep are the best cures in, a, in the doctor's book, and that was an Irish proverb. And uh, I just love that. And if, if they could add, you know, dark chocolate to that, I'd make that the updated Irish proverb version. But um, <laughs> I just love that. And, and I think laughing and sleep are just amazing healers. Um, I mean, we sleep eight hours every 24 hours it's a third of our life we sleep so what is the value of of sleep and and how can we uh improve our sleep because it's a third of our life and no one really kind of talks about that 
Well, first of all, thank you so much for your your kind words. You know, um, hopefully you felt my heart and my journey in those books, and um, and so thank you for your really. I'm just I'm humbled and honored to get to be able to share the message. You know, the thing about sleep, and, and we we're, we're we're I would say that a lot of us are sleep even more than a third, because even though we're awake, we're not our eyes are open, we're not awake. And so mm-hmm. what, what sleep allows for us is it allows for us to reset the systems all the way down to the nervous system and the digestive system as well as the emotional systems that we're kind of getting stuck in a lot of trauma these days. And so sleep just gives your body, it's, it's just like a fresh glass of water in the morning. It just, it's very cleansing. It's amazing amazing to me, uh, for instance, I'm, I'm um, in St. Louis for a, a conference and um, I was I got the privilege to be a rider, not a driver, and so I even just had a 30-minute nap right before we pulled into the hotel late, late last night. And and then to get to bed and really all of a sudden have six, seven, eight hours of just deep sleep, and I wake up and, you know, my stomach's great today, my joints don't hurt today, my mind is refreshed, my spirit's refreshed. And so... We are have we do have a sleep set in this country, and I think a couple reasons why is one we just don't take time for it. We don't make time. We just don't make mm-hmm. time to sleep. We don't realize the value. Gosh, there's so many great things to tell you. So let me I'm gonna I'm gonna digress and come back to your question. Uh, and I think that um, when we take time for sleep and we make time for sleep, we are actually valuing ourselves. We are valuing ourselves. One of my favorite uh, sleep doctors, Dr. Joseph Nassani out of Tucson, I interviewed her in February for my 12 months of wellness series, Small Change Equals Big Shifts, and, and she said, you know, we just missed the sleep train. And so we um, we started getting tired somewhere between, whatever, 9.30, 10.30, and we said, gosh, I'm going to go do one more thing. And the next thing you know, we're awake, and we, or our monkey mind gets going. We check an email, and then it leads us to some... Um, the committee talking to us about what we did or right or wrong that day and starts putting into all the stuff we got to do the next day. Or we go start to fold the laundry, and next thing you know, we're cleaning the whole kitchen. So I think number one of the things to really do to help get a great sleep is to catch the sleep train and to set it as a priority in your life. Because we'll wake up, people will people say to me over and over, because I would say sleeping uh, issues are probably in the top four or five things I see. And what will happen is if you wake up the next morning, some common questions to ask yourself is, um, gosh, how did I sleep last night? Do I wake up with a with a positive outlook on life, with, with an attitude of gratitude? Do I wake up and I'm ready to get out of bed or am I saying, oh, gosh, not another day, and you hit this news long five or ten times? And do you wake up in pain? Mm-hmm. And those are all signs that you're not getting great sleep. So you really want to start to really listen to your body, and sleep is sleep is such a powerful cure. So those are some ideas about sleep, and I can go on for hours about sleep. If you have more questions specifically, um, feel free to ask them. Yeah, I actually do, but I want to uh, jump on that tangent real quick. I like how you mentioned uh, waking up with an attitude of gratitude because in your book you talked about the attitude of gratitude. What, how does that? How does gratitude? I mean it. For some, for some listeners listening, I think gratitude. You know, what? How would that benefit my health and wellness? And how how would you answer that? Well, I think it's gonna it's gonna change your hormonal level, it's gonna, which is gonna change your brain health. And what is it? Three at least a three hundred percent increase in um, depression and anxiety in this country since um, the last over the last decade. And I just think that people are so overwhelmed, and there's so much information coming at us. Um, that we are, it's never enough. And so we start to think it's never enough. It's just saying, gosh, you know what? What I have right now is all I need. And um, we're looking at, you know, aging, approaching 50 here. You know, I can look at my skin and I can see the different aging spots on the, you know, less than 1% of my body. Or I can see the 99% of my body that is, the skin is still, you know, young skin. And so it's really what you choose to focus on will come about in your life. And I've been fortunate to be around a lot of teachers that have really taught me to really look at all you have around you and um, instead of all the things you don't have. And and um, and so this attitude of gratitude, if you just practice thinking about three or four things that you're grateful for, and it could be a simple being able to breathe today. 
I was speaking earlier this week, and a lady had emphysema, and and um, you don't really appreciate breath until you lose it. Mm-hmm. So, mm. with, I don't really appreciate it until you lose it. Yeah, that's a great point. In regards to sleep, uh, what what was interesting that I read in your book, and I, I hadn't really read this anywhere else, was you talked a bit about uh, sleep posture. Can you talk about the correct sleep posture and, and why why that is important for for kind of optimizing your sleep? Well, as you know, I'm you know the chiropractor, and I'm a, I would say I'm a diehard chiropractor. I've been getting adjusted at least uh, every few weeks and getting checked for to see if my nervous system needed um, worked on for three decades. And um, I do believe it's one reason why I've been able to maintain such a high quality of health. Um, I sure know it's not my genetics, so I'm in a a space between my chiropractic lifestyle and my other healthy lifestyle. But when we, um, a lot of people may sleep on their stomach, and when you sleep on your stomach, you tend to have to turn your head one to one side or the other so you can breathe. And as you're doing that, you're creating, um, if you can imagine just taking a shirt and wringing it out, you're creating that tension, that torsion on your nervous system and on the joints of your spine, let alone putting your arms above your head, which a lot of people do, which will create um, some pressure on the joints of the shoulder. And then you hike your hip up, your leg up, and next thing you know, your your body's in this torsion state, which will create pressure on your spinal column, which will in turn create pressure on your nervous system. And after all, we live our life through our nervous system, so we've got to be really mindful about taking care of it and because we can't see it, we ignore it a lot of the times. And so sleep posture is so important, especially when you're spending, you know, like you said, as we talked about earlier, a third of your life possibly in some type of sleep position. And, and so I suggest people they sleep on their back or with the pillow beneath their knees, a good pillow supporting their neck, or on your side with a pillow between your knees and just try to keep your spine um, in a line. You know, Dr. John D. Martinez says, you know, keep your spine realigned so you can feel your divine. And so a good sleep posture will help you do that. Awesome. Do you have any tips for someone, and even me specifically, I've actually, I I feel more comfortable sleeping on my stomach. So do you have any tips for kind of adjusting? I mean, just maybe start by taking naps or uh, just just kind of try to work your way into it or what exactly? Because it's kind of difficult for me, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people I'm 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 a recovering stomach sleeper, so I can understand that from a, you know at least 15, 16 years. Um, a couple of things. First of all, uh, in, you know I would ask your spirit for its help. You know because we are mind, body, spirit, and so to say, you know what I really and set the vision. You know what I want to become a side sleeper. I want to become a back sleeper, and vision it being comfortable. So number one, just like anything else, vision it. And number two, recruit your tribe. Whether if you're sleeping with somebody, say, you know, can you help encourage me if you see me sleeping on my stomach to give me a gentle nudge and encourage me to to shift. And the other part is to just create a posture. And like you said, I, I I've never thought about taking naps to get there, but I'm gonna. And I think that's a great idea to actually try that. Um, mm-hmm. And it just takes time. And, and instead of saying, there's no way I can become a, a side or back sleeper. Um, say, you know what, I'm going to master this um, sleeping on my back or side position over the next 30 days or 60 days, whatever it may be. I've had some patients that have taped a tennis ball, or my women patients have maybe worn a sports bra and put a tennis ball in there so that when they roll to their stomachs, they woke up. So you just make sleeping on your stomach uncomfortable um, as well. So that's an idea. That's kind of a more mechanical idea. That's pretty extreme. I could I could make a pretty funny YouTube video about that. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, well, make awesome. sure you send that to me. Yeah, I will. Um, as far as uh, when you sleep, the actual the, the, the timing, uh, when is the best time to get to sleep and why? Well, your body, there's some, I wish I could quote the exact studies on it, but your body actually, for the minutes you get before midnight, is like double the minutes after midnight. It's almost just a deeper sleep. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I've gone to bed at 9.30 or 10, especially as we start to approach more of a a fall and winter season, it's easier to go to bed maybe a little bit earlier because of the the rhythm of the sun. But... um, when, when I have gone to sleep early, I can wake up like four hours later and feel like I've had six or eight hours of sleep. Likewise, when I go to sleep at midnight and I wake up four hours later, it's like, oh, I feel like I've been ran over by a truck. So you got to you really have to listen to your own body. Everybody has their own rhythms if you start paying attention. And I think that the big gist of my message, David, that I want people to go is, is you're your own best doctor. 
So please take the power back for your own health and the responsibility. And not that you don't have a team of your tribe guiding you and giving, encouraging you, but you got to start listening to yourself. So I think that um, when you have an opportunity to sleep, whenever you want to sleep, what is your best sleep time? Mm-hmm. And it has, and when and when do you wake up? You know, I I personally love to get up at between six and six thirty. When when it's in the five o'clock hour, my body's like, oh, what are you doing? And and um, so I've tried to rearrange my life since I'm the UDM. I'm not sure you've heard that, the ultimate decision maker in my life, um, so that I can rearrange my schedule um, to mm-hmm. not have to get up in the five o'clock hour. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm there about sixty percent of the time, and I have a, you know, my vision is to be there, you know, hundred percent of the time. Gotcha. At least ninety five at least ninety five percent of the time. So right. go back it, to it. You, you gotta listen to your own body. But I, I for me and my body it loves to it loves to be in bed by ten o'clock. Um so that if I'm getting up anywhere and then I can fall asleep by ten, ten thirty, uh ten fifteen, ten thirty, and then be up between uh six and six thirty. Mhm. So generally speaking, to some degree it's definitely smarter to get to sleep earlier because you're getting that higher quality uh, well, the, would that be REM sleep earlier, kind of before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think the other thing, other thing too, could be some of the blood sugar things. So a lot of times people will eat earlier, and um, and and then their blood they'll have blood sugar issues. So if you're waking up in the middle of the night, um, I really encourage people to look at their blood sugar issues. Mm-hmm. You know, or okay. if it's, you know, sometimes it's a pet sleeping with you in bed. There's many things that affect sleep. Uh, I think a big one, and we'll say it's, you know, uh, hormones, and a lot of times it's it's the hormones being set off because of a blood sugar imbalance. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, it, during during the night, and I thought this was really interesting, uh, you said 10 to 2 was uh, uh, well, fire time, if you will, and then 2 to 6 was uh, air, and uh, 10 to 2 was basically physical recovery, and 2 to 6 mm-hmm. was... Uh, like a spiritual recovery, if you will. I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting because a lot of the times when I dream, it's it's more during the two to six range because I I wake up soon after you know soon after my dream. So is that is that kind of why that is? Do you think or not really? Or am I just you know crazy? What? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think you're exactly right. I think that our body's really in that mechanical repair state when we first go to sleep. You've got to look at the hierarchy of needs, and the hierarchy is that our body can manage some type of inflammatory load. And so initially our body's just trying to go into repair mode from the stuff we've done that day. And then it'll start to go into that emotional repair. So, you know, you look at people who don't sleep very long, how much anxiety and depression they have. Mm-hmm. So, and then people that typically do get some, do get the higher quality sleep in longer times don't have as much depression and anxiety. And they have better mm-hmm. hormonal health that balance their weight better. That, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to maintain weight without sleep. Mhm. Yeah, definitely something to uh, pay attention to. Like you said, I mean, it's eight plus hours. You know, every twenty-four hours, I and mean, that's a third of your life or more. So it's something that um, I, I'm glad that you went into those topics in your book. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, the four quadrants of our body: the uh, mechanical, chemical, energetic, and physical. Can you talk about? Let's just start with mechanical. What is? How would you kind of define that? And what is that? What does that entail for us? Well, I'd like to even go back just a smidge and talk to you about why I share that message and especially um, to give honor to one of my teachers, Dr. Richard Yenny, who is a, a chiropractor, but um, he helped. He's, he's in his mid to late 80s. He still practices. He still teaches. And he um, was present to his interpreter. And when he, he owned Judo Studios, he's always fascinated with the, the Asian lifestyle from a young man. And so he was present to his interpreter, and when he was with him um, in Asia, he got hurt doing judo because he owned judo studios in, in Kansas City, and he went and experienced acupuncture. And he came back to the States, back to Kansas City, and the closest thing to acupuncture was chiropractic. And so a lot of chiropractors that actually do acupuncture go back to Dr. Yenny or one of his um mentees that have teaches teaches around the country now. And so when I got I got the chance to work for Dr. Yenny when I was in chiropractic school and he really shared this message of this um holistic lifestyle and it's really it really stuck with me and uh, looking at your body from a mechanical perspective and just think about that kind of more the the joints and how things are functioning and then chemistry, of course, you know, what kind of how we're fueling our body. And energetically 
um, whether it's feng shui or whether it's looking at the meridians, how is our energy chi flowing in not only in our body but in our environment space. And the last one, the psychological spiritual aspect, thinking about how words really play a part of healing and realizing that we're part of something greater than ourselves. And so I've taken what I learned from him, you know, kind of putting that into a model of really giving people tips in each area because, you know, I'm also a business person. You mentioned that I have a business degree. And um, we all have a business, and it's a business of our own life. And just like running a, uh, a Fortune 100 business, a Fortune 500 business, there's the, there's the operation side of running a business, there's the marketing side of running a business, there's the leadership side, and there's the financial side. And you can't run a business without all four aspects. And you can't have a health, in my opinion, you cannot have a healthy lifestyle and not have all four aspects, have some type of uh, balance and then a harmony, even a better word than balance would be harmony. And so mm-hmm. um, if that, that explains a little bit. But I just I love that, and it's so easy for me to speak to the business people when I'm around the country, and they're like, oh, I get it. I could diet and exercise, but if I'm, if I'm not being kind to myself and other people, I'm not going to be well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mindful of the energy that's around me. So. I like that philosophy, and, and just to add to that, I think you you could call the lawyers the immune system, uh, or legal the immune system. <laughs> um, that's re- it's really cool. Um, it, it's so do you kind of use that as a, sort of a, like a blueprint within your practice to kind of help patients understand and kind of uh, elevate them in those specific areas? Then I do. So so once again, so if we were having um, whether I'm in a group um, teaching. Uh, my favorite thing to do is teach, is to educate people so they can learn it for themselves and pull within their own knowledge base because they are they're their own physician, right? But um, when I, if I was with you one on one, I'd say, hey David, you know what? Let's talk about some of your your well your well being goals. What what are, what are you looking at? And you may say, gosh, Michelle. Um, well, so if we were talking, what would you say? You need to make stuff up if you want. I don't know how personal you want to get, but what I say, David, tell me a little bit of vision for your health. Uh, well, one thing definitely would be improve my sleep quality, get to sleep earlier, and have better sleep posture. But we kind of talked about that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, what else? Um, eat, let's just say, for example, eat uh, more fruits and vegetables and less of everything else, if you will. Okay. Well, so those are some action steps. So, so what would be your vision? So, so what, what's your vision for your health? Are you, you know, um, do you want to um, be able to? Um, you know, walk a marathon when you're 80? Do you, would you like to be able to um, climb a mountain when you're 70? Do you want to be able to uh, maintain your weight with grace and ease? You got any vision, any vision all, for your health? All of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Uh, so yeah, all of the above. We have great digestive. You know, one of my favorite talks is, is poo. You know, do you want to make sure you can have a bowel movement every day with uh, grace and ease, you know? So I would sit there with you, and then I find out why. What motivates you? And you may say, "Gosh, you know what? I, I have um, I have a grandchild. I really want to. I want to be at their wedding." Um, you got to figure out what motivates people, so they'll anchor in. And because because when you get emotion, and you put motion into it. And so when I'm sitting with somebody, I've got to see where those where those buttons are, and where those like I said, I got to find out where the boundaries are, and kind of see where their walls at and find out why they want to be there. And then I would say, okay, well, I hear what I hear for you is that you want to have an active lifestyle so that you're able to spend time with your family in a peaceful space. And I say, okay, well, here's where you're at today. You're not sleeping very well, and you're eating too much fast food, and, um, and you really aren't present when you're with those you love anyway now. And so what are some tools? And so I would pull out the four quadrants, and I might say, by the way, let's look at how many, let's say I, I, I'm a stepper. I have a Fitbit on right now. And so I try to, you know, my goal is 10,000 steps a day. Some days I hit it, some days I don't. Um, but I have a, that's, my, that's my vision for my, my mechanical steps a day. So I might say, let's see how many steps you're already getting. And I, and I believe you live in New York. Is that right? Uh, actually, Detroit. The numbers is New York. Detroit. Like a, yeah. Okay. So, so you start looking at you know, how much active you're getting in your normal day life, and you see where you're at right now, and then you say, gosh, can I add a 1,000 or 2,000 steps a day? And then you find your tribe to help you. And I'll say, chemistry-wise, chemistry well, how about um, could you start your day with a green smoothie? Have you had a green smoothie before? Yeah. Yeah, do you like them? Definitely. Definitely. So, so you know, let's or let's add, you know, a couple pieces of fruit. It's amazing how many people don't eat any live food during a day. 
But mm-hmm. once again, it's hard to go from zero to juicing or smoothies every day. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, you know what, let's practice breath work. And breath work will bring in that energy chi. And it, it's not, you don't have to do 20 minutes. You just do one minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, in one minute, a breath will bring you back into your back into your core self. And then I'll make it, can you think of a couple things you're grateful for? So that's kind of how I use it in my practice. And then I encourage people and just love them up and, you know, just keep giving them tools um, to live in more harmony. Awesome. That's a great blueprint. I I think it's it's good for people to understand that because if they're, if they're not, you know, near you or uh, they haven't read your book, book yet, they can at least use that in their life as a, as a good practical step-by-step. Uh, you talk about breath work in your books and uh, breathing properly and the importance of it and how we kind of only use, uh, I believe you said, 30% of our lung capacity. How, how do we breathe properly would be my first question. Well, I think you have to figure out what works for you, and there's tons of you know experts on breath, but I, I think it's just to um, really take in, and when you take in a breath, and so if I was at a workshop, I'd just have you taken a deep breath right now, and I'd have you do a four-second count. Uh, I'd personally take it through your nose, and then I'd have you hold the breath and be expansive in your body, and I may have you do a visualization with it. And then I'd have you exhale that breath all the way out, just like a balloon losing all the air. And I like to take it out of my mouth because I feel think about releasing the toxins that are in the, in the breath. And i have you hold it out and just imagine your body not getting the breath in um and just so you can be appreciative of the ability to take another breath in, and you also just increase that lung capacity. They say taking um, uh, five like five deep breaths, six-second counts, like taking Valium. And who could not use some free Valium without all the side effects? Right. <laughs> you know, my friend, Sonia, my, and my friend Sonia Shoket says that when you take a, a breath with somebody else, you're connecting soul to soul instead of roll to roll. And how can we be more connected so that um, all the all the pain and the, some of the things that we do to each other in this world that are almost unspeakable, would we really do that if we really were connected at a soul level? Mm-hmm. You talk a bit about uh, the how when you breathe improperly, there's there's basically an imbalance of gases. What is what does that entail exactly, and how does that negatively impact us? Negatively impact us if we're not breathing properly. Well, you just look at the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system is going to move toxins through our body. And when we are not um, moving them, they're getting stagnant. And that's one reason why our immune system gets challenged with different bacteria in the air or viruses. And um, and also just the poor thoughts that get stagnated. So breath is going to move the energy flow and help us have more balance. Mm-hmm. Do uh, uh, neurons or the neurological system uh, or uh, nervous system, how does that kind of connect to breathing? Oh, gosh. Um, many ways. You know, you're going to change the, the hormones, the neurotransmitters, just through calming down the adrenal system, which is going to turn around and calm down the whole endocrine system. And so it's going to, it's going to calm down the endocrine. It's going to increase your, your breath. It's going to increase your lung capacity which in turn is going to just help the neurotransmitters in your brain. So, and gotcha. You know, when people talk a lot about the neurotransmitters being out of balance and all the different types of conditions. I, per, I personally think that a lot of mental health conditions are um, being maybe not properly diagnosed due to just the, the chronic stress, but then, uh, then also all the issues in the gut. And mm-hmm. um, there's a recent article in Verge talking about uh, how all how a lot of the uh, psychiatric issues go back to poor poor digestion. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Growing up, uh, my mom, she'd actually, and you know, we live in Michigan, so she'd uh, she'd o- open the whole house, the the windows, the slider doors, and just let fresh winter air uh, basically clean out the house, if you will, just so we could get fresh air. Um, and years later, I found out how you know fresh air is. Uh, great for you know health, the mind, uh, the digestive system, all these different things. And I didn't really, you know, at the time I was like, "Mom, it's cold. What are you doing?" <laughs> it didn't make a lot of sense. But years later, I was like, "That, that does make a lot of sense." My mom was a little, a little bit smarter than I thought. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny to, to to learn that, and definitely an interesting thing. Um, so basically, you just kind of recommend that people be more conscious of their breathing, and uh, just just be aware of of their breathing, basically, to to breathe properly. 
Yeah, and maybe take time take time to take some deep breaths, whether it's at a stoplight, of course, keep your eyes open, or before you get out of the bed in the, in the morning. I have some clients that maybe have some trouble having bowel movements, and they've, they've done all the right things, taking the probiotics, um, doing the um, green smoothies, or increasing their uh, whole food fiber levels, but then, and drinking the water, and then all of a sudden they start breathing, and they just start relaxing a little bit, and next thing you know they're having better bowel movements. So I, you know you can do it when you're, before you get out of bed in the morning. And you could just take, if you take four deep breaths, even at a four-second count, that's one minute. So I'm just saying one minute a day or twice a day, take some time to really reconnect back to your breath. And uh, I think my next book may be One Minute to Wellness. So that would be one of them is just take one minute. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, you, you talk about the nervous system, and you obviously have a, a extensive chiropractic background. Uh, the nervous system, I mean, most people, for me, I mean, I, I'm still learning and understanding the nervous system. Uh, what are some practical tips that you could give uh, that would help people keep their nervous system healthy on a day-to-day basis? How can they kind of strengthen their nervous system and, and keep it uh, firing on all cylinders? Well, we talked about sleep already, so I'm, I'm going to say that's a given. I'm going to say hydration. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make sure you're getting uh, plenty of uh, fluid, uh, hopefully um, through like a water to help with that. Some common things would be um, to look at look at your posture when you're sitting at your desk or sitting at, in your car. You know, when you go, in, go out to your car, especially somebody who's in the car a lot, and just readjust to great posture. And you find yourself messing with your mirrors to uh, realize, gosh, you know, I'm slipping into my poor posture habits again. Um, it could be not having your billfold in your back pocket. You know, the sciatic nerve um, is going to sit right in that glute. And so um, maybe not wearing high heels, if you're going to wear them, wear them for a short period of time, and try not to walk tons really far in them. Looking at how your legs are crossed when you're sitting. You know, there's a new study that came out earlier this year that sitting is the new smoking. So Mm -hmm. trying to not sit as much. So uh, those would be some of the mechanical things, of course. Um, You know, if you haven't heard, smoking is not good for your spine, and sugar is not good for your spine, and caffeine is not good for your spine. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure most people have heard those things. Those are kind of things that we've been teaching for years, maybe not how they relate to the nervous system and the degeneration mm-hmm. of the spine. You know, I don't know if you know that you know, back pain is costing us you know, trillions of dollars in this country. It's in the first couple common reasons people go to the doctor. And so how do we do that? You know, are you using a headset when you're on the phone? That's another mm-hmm. thing. If you're, doing, if you're on the phone quite a bit, um, you know, use a headset versus um, tilting your head and because people are usually multitasking when they're on the phone and they're kind of, you know, cranking up their body in a funny position. Mm-hmm. So those would be some ideas. You know, um, if you want, you could do some yoga, foam rolling, the melt method. Um, it's kind of my new shiny penny is the melt method. I'm kind of really intrigued in, uh, in with that method right now. Um, and this, the same what, what, is, what exactly is the melt method? The melt method um, is using a foam roller. Uh, which I think is another great tool for everybody to have a foam roller. But you specifically use a foam roller, and if you think about having your muscles that are wrapped around with something called fascia, it's kind of like saran wrap. If you think about having um, a piece of uh, beef brisket or chicken or something, and there, it's the film that's in between that's wrapped around the little fibers, but that fascia in our body gets gummed up. And so the melt method has um, a certain process where you're able to um, use the foam roller, but also hold it at a certain way and do certain motions to the sense melt that. And I think about muscle spasms being like a stick of butter and how do you just gently melt that and to back into its normal free-flowing uh, motion. Mm-hmm. Those so, are some great uh, uh, tips for keeping the nervous system kind of active and healthy. Do you, do you think that the, I, I mean, I think for me personally uh, in the past, uh, and still, to some degree, stress and uh, um, really even is kind of nervousness, you know, uh, indecisiveness, have kind of affected my uh, nervous system, uh, kind of the emotional, psychological aspect of it. Do you think that plays a role? And and what do you what do you recommend for that? Oh gosh, without a doubt, it plays a role. Um, you know, I think probably my biggest feeling is looking at some of the stress is to really some different teachers. I, I would say um, I think that so many times because of some of the patterns we get growing up of 
you know, not good enough, obsessed compulsive, perfectionism. Um, I was sitting with a client yesterday, a young woman who's just absolutely um, just the sweetest soul and a beautiful woman and so self-critical. And I think that we've got to realize how powerful our words are when we're talking to other people. And her, you know, as such as, you know, you really want to go outside looking like that today. Don't you need to put some makeup on or, or whatever some of the superficial things we look at with people and how it really can go into their psyche and um, give people self-doubt. And so for me, what I really had to work on a lot, and I talk about this in Chapter 4 in Wellness on Shoestring, Seven Healthy Habits for Healthy Life, and it's called Free Your Space, Mind, Body, Spirit. And you've got to really look at the committee. And I think the committee, uh, for for many of us, um, either is talking dark thoughts to us or is talking light, loving thoughts to us. And the more dark thoughts we have, the more of a state of stress anxiety, depression we're in, and the more light thoughts we're in, the more freedom we have to be in a loving space. And so, and I, I want to tell you, I work at it every day. People see me and think, gosh, Michelle, you're so, you know, you just, you're just happy, you know, like, and I work at it every day. I work at it with the people that I'm surrounding myself with, with the type of music I'm listening to, with the type of conversations I'm having, um, with the things I'm reading with the foods I'm putting in my body to help support that. Because I think I think truly it's it's at the heart of it as we started this conversation. I think it's at the heart of being well and really looking at some of the t- patterns that keep us stuck. And I think I think a lot of people create their own anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I agree. I, you know, I could have said that better. Why did I say that? What was I thinking? Who, you know, who do I who do I think I am? Do I really deserve that? All those self-defeating thoughts that we have. And so um, I was listening to somebody recently and, and she was a young man came to her, just moved to a town and, and he he came to this older woman and he said, gosh, what kind of people are here? And she said, well, what kind of people already came from? He, he said, oh, these mean, unkind people. And she said, well, those people are here. And then another person came up that was in town and said, um, gosh, what kind of people live here? And she goes, well, what kind of people live to where you came from? Oh, I had the kindest people, the greatest neighbors. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she said, those kind of people are here. And so it's just you kind of really surround yourself because it's easy. It's easy in today's times to look at all the things that are not happening um, right in the world instead of look at all the things that are happening right. As I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier about looking at the blemish on one part of your skin, you know, you've got um, one blemish and that's what you focus on instead of focusing on the other 99% of the world or of your body that's doing the great things for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I focus is huge and, I like that you added that the part about you know the superficial uh, beauty of you know being self-critical and I, I I'm 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 doing my best to to tell women that I meet in the future and and now that the most beautiful thing they can have on themselves is a beautiful authentic smile the makeup the handbags the you know none of that stuff matters it's really just uh, knowing yourself and loving yourself and just and and caring about yourself because that's that's true beauty and that beauty shines outward and it's much more beautiful than some fake, uh, you know, product or uh, something external that the, the the some large corporation invented to call you quote unquote beautiful. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad you uh, uh, mentioned that because I think that's a huge thing in today's world that it's a great perspective uh, shift for people. Um, as far as the nervous system, there's, it's kind of like I said, there's the, the, for me, I kind of, when I used to kind of stress out, uh, what part? I know you mentioned different. I think the autonomic is one part of the nervous system, mm-hmm. and then there's another part. What are the two parts, and and how does that how does that work exactly? The relaxing and stress part, if you will. Well, you're gonna have the central nervous system and then the autonomic nervous system, which is gonna tie in the peripheral nervous system. And so the autonomic nervous system is gonna help control a lot of the um, the function of the different organs. And the central nervous system, of course, is going to control the brain and the spinal cord, which is going to send the ner- send out to that autonomic nervous system. And so you just really, God, the nervous system is just, for me, I can go from seeing the world kind of as black and gray, and then I can get a great um, adjustment. And like, as, like I said, Demartini says, realign your spine. So divine. next thing you know, the world's back in color. Um, I typically, before I go speak, I get adjusted because otherwise I can stutter a little bit more. It helps me clear out my, my sinuses, helps my lungs work better. And so, um, and when we're so stressed out, the autonomic nervous system gets on overload. 
and then you've got the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems that start to get fried. And you know, think about the flight fright. You know, Sans Helia talks about years ago is that you know we weren't made to always be in this fight mode, and that's what's burning out our body, being stressed out with the type of foods we're processing, the different air we're breathing, the different thoughts we're having, the chronic uh, the chronic lifestyle, sad lifestyle where we're not sleeping and we're constantly on the go. Our body needs to regenerate, and it needs to um, slow down enough so that the systems can take time to recover. Mm-hmm. What do you think about uh, kind of like uh, decompression tools like uh, inversion tables and yoga swings and such? You know, I think they're great as long as people don't get, uh, um, you know, all or none. You know, I think it's it's a couple minutes. It's not eight or ten minutes. And they said, gosh, I had lots of issues when I did decompression or inversion tables. So let's, let's get a clarification. Inversion tables... Inversion yoga poses would be stuff you'd do more at home. Decompression tables typically would be something that people have go to a, a center like mine to have. And I, I really uh, enjoy them as long as they're properly used. Um, mm-hmm. but, and so I think that just to, to minimize, if you have a you know high blood pressure condition or any type of um, brain injury, you'd want to be really mindful using them and make sure you do it with some medical advice. But I think any time you can, because what happens when you go into like an inversion pose, with yoga, you can actually treat your thyroid, especially if you have a certain head tilt where there's more blood flow you're putting into the thyroid area, especially with different type of breath work to go in with that. So um, I really like inversions just because of the, think about when we used to hang upside down on monkey bars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and, we were, and we were in the womb, most of us, unless we had a breech birth or a different birth process, is we were upside down. You know, mm-hmm. and our spine, our spine elongates, and it kind of opens up the facets and the joints of the spine. I actually have a yoga inversion swing at my home that I love to hang on, and um, just like as everybody else would say to me, I don't hang on it near enough. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's in my perfect day. I hang on it every day, which mm-hmm. I don't have very many perfect days. I've had it three decades. So just to remind our listeners to be gentle with yourself and just start anchoring um, a habit. And try not to do so much at one time. But so yes, I, I like uh, inversion. I like decompression. You know what I really love? If you have to go someplace, I really love the Cox technique. So it's C O X T E C H N I C. It's a great technique, especially if you just have a disc issue, not a full degenerative spine, but you just have have a certain specific disc issue. I think it's one of the best te- techniques uh, for people to get. Awesome. Uh, real quick on the thyroid, I, I didn't catch that part. You said it was good for the thyroid to bring circulation to that area. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, and so awesome. there's different. What I don't think people realize about yoga, I think they realize it's great for your mind, and I think they realize it's great for maybe a physical strength and as well as creating some length. But not necessarily that it treats a lot of other conditions. It can treat depression. It can um, menstrual disorders, hormonal disbalance, like with a thyroid, adrenals. And so to find a great, to have a great yoga person on your tribe is just awesome. Very cool. I agree. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing practice to integrate. Um, I want to talk a bit about hydration. Uh, you, you mentioned in your book to drink water away from food. Why, why is that? Well, just so you're not diluting the nutrients. And, I mean, by diluting the nutrients and diluting the enzymes in your stomach. So I, what I share a lot with my patients is that, you know, a lot of this... Um, we're overnourished, overnourished and underfed, and we're just not breaking down our food like we um, could be. And so it could be the way we're hydrating or all the different liquids we're drinking with our meals. It could be that we naturally, our enzymes change as we age. Um, it could be that we're not even chewing our food. So we, we encourage our patients to give it a shot and see if it works for them and our clients. To um, So when I go to maybe a restaurant, to eat, I'll actually ask my server um, not to fill my glass up again. And so I'll just monitor knowing that, okay, that six to eight-ounce glass of water is my hydration for that meal. Because I think for, there was a time period we thought, gosh, I drink more water than I know I'll eat less and I'll lose weight. Because, right, and, you know, in our country it's all about the weight. And um, so that's one reason why. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned to drink water uh, when when you're hungry. Like if, if you feel hungry to drink water and then wait, I, I believe you said 30 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What's what's the uh, reason for that exactly? 
Well, sometimes we are just eating to eat, and we and we may just be thirsty. And so, if it's if it's a normal feeding time, that's a different story. But let's say that you, it's um, eight o'clock, and you had breakfast, and by nine o'clock you're hungry. So you might say, hmm, did I really am, am I really dehydrated? So I think it's like, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? And so you just start playing with your body to see, gosh, am I really getting enough hydration? So it could just be that you're, you know, and so I wouldn't necessarily drink, you know, drink a lot with my meals, and but you start to see, am I truly getting enough water in my body? I would say the average person, the average person is probably not hydrating enough. Right. How, how much? How do we know? Like, what is there? Kind of what ratio would you kind of? These 50%, 50% of your weight, so in ounces. So if you're a 150-pound person, 75 ounces a day, 200-pound um, uh, person, 100 ounces a day. And just what you what you do, first of all, figure out how much you're already getting. And if you go, gosh, like I was telling you earlier, if you're, starting, if you're only getting 20 ounces a day and you want to get to 100 ounces, you make a step in there to give yourself success. Gosh, you know, let me get to 50 mm-hmm. ounces first and then maybe a 75 or 100. You know, unless you've got some major health condition and you've got to make a major change. If you come to me and you say, gosh, Michelle, I just got diagnosed with cancer, you know, I'm not. I'm going to be a little bit more um, more direct, more let's get on this now. Um, but most of the time, unless you are in a crisis like that, people aren't going to make drastic changes. You know, mm-hmm. a drastic diagnosis for drastic changes. Changes that the average person it just is not having the energy, or they're having too much anxiety, or they're having too much pain, and they want to start making changes that are simple and consistent, so that they change their lifestyle forever, mm-hmm. not just for an event, but for forever. Right. The, uh, okay. Small changes compounded over time, for sure. Uh, yeah. I want to talk a bit about sunshine. Something we don't have a lot of in Michigan. Uh, and, and the benefit of sunshine. Uh, why do you recommend we get sunshine without sunscreen uh, on a daily basis? Just so that our body can produce some vitamin D. There's really only one way to get vitamin D without supplement, supplementation, and that's going to be through sunshine. And so we're looking at um, you know a ton of the research out on vitamin D, how it's it's, it's mandatory for your immune system, and so. We've just been covering up with sunscreen so much. And a lot of times people haven't even got out in the sun because we're so much inside now with work and things like that. And then we live in states like where you're at where there's not a lot of sunshine. And so or there's people aren't definitely aren't out in it. It's going to help produce vitamin D levels and helps our body metabolize it and make it so that we don't have to supplement as much. What, what, is, the, what does vitamin D, uh, D do in the body exactly? Well, vitamin D is a hormone. So it's going to help our brain health. It's going to help our uh, immune system. It's going to help our bones. So if you think about our immune system, and our immune system is regulated anywhere from 50 to 70% by the gut, depending on who you're, who's your researcher. But we do know that it's at least 50% of it comes from your gut. And um, vitamin D is going to help your gut function better and help your immune system function. Because we are having an autoimmune epidemic. And you think about the different autoimmune conditions. What are some that you think of? I think of, you know, cancer, irritable bowel, what are a couple that you could think of? Uh, uh, to, uh, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what I would classify as autoimmune. I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. So so a lot of them. So let, let's just go through some common lists. Um, once again, cancer, irritable bowel, allergies, asthma, frequent colds, um, psoriasis, multiple sclerosis, thyroid, um, thyroiditis, especially Hashimoto's, uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, lupus, Lyme's disease. So uh, type 1 diabetes. So a lot of disease conditions are an immune system reaction, and I think that's why we're seeing lots and lots of research out on gut health. And so vitamin D will help your immune system, Hmm. and which will help your body fight off the different toxins. Yeah, and it's free, so why not, right? (laughs) Yeah, and and it's free. You know, we after all, we're wellness on the shoestring. Not to be confused with wellness on the cheap, but wellness on the shoestring. (laughs) Right, I gotcha. Uh, It's definitely... I, I, and can you expand on that just a little bit? Because I think that's an important point. Uh, wellness on a shoestring, not cheap. And, and how well, that... Know, how the difference... I just I think that so many times, you know, we're in a trillion-dollar industry, as um, Paul Zane Pilner talks about, who's an economist that wrote it, wrote a book a decade ago, The, next, the Wellness Revolution, The Next Trillion-Dollar Industry. And so... Um, you know, my message really is an education message. I'm, I'm not into selling a lot of products, and I want to tell you I could because people ask me about beds and pillows and 
supplements all the time, and not that I don't give some recommendations, but I typically will say, you know what, do the basic things first and then see what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for for me, it's just been, I, what I hear people say, and I've heard people say is, Michelle, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, I don't have time. And so I'm trying to just kind of demystify or demyth those that the people who can't afford it and they do have time. Because if you take time, sleep is pretty cheap. You just got to take time to do it. You got to value yourself enough to say, you know what, I'm going to say no to my overcommitments. Um, I'm going to take time to, instead of buy that processed food, I'm going to take time to buy some real food. And maybe I'm going to go to the farmer's market or whatever to help really nurture that um, whole, whole, whole food diet. And so for me, when I was writing the book and coming up with a title, I thought about what are all the simple things, and I've got about a well over 100 tips that people can do that are free. Mm-hmm. There's no cost. And so then that takes away the barrier of the money aspect of mm-hmm. being well. Yeah, I, I found that uh, it's kind of interesting when people start to uh, look to improve their health and they start saying, oh, you know, oh, this is going to cost money, that's going to cost money. Uh, or, or organics a little bit more, um, you know, whatever it may be, I, it seems like to some degree uh, some of it has to do with that feeling of uh, worthiness and loving oneself and, and caring for yourself enough to value yourself enough to say I'm worth, you know, organic food, I'm worth taking the time to go for a walk each day to to get adequate rest and, and that kind of thing. So I think it's part of uh, just learning to love yourself again and, and then and when you see that and value yourself, it makes a lot more sense to invest in yourself because your quality of life skyrockets and life is much more enjoyable. Um, within the Healthy Wild and Free community, the, um, the whole kind of goal is to help people live healthier, uh, more connected, uh, greener, a greener lifestyle, if you will, just to leave a smaller footprint and just really to just feel happy, feel great, and uh, inspire others to do the same. What are some kind of big picture tips and, and uh, maybe practices in your life that you'd recommend people use uh, whether it com- when it comes to health, wellness, spirituality, or just kind of living an inspired life? Um, gosh, the first thing that comes to mind with that question is to be kind. Mm-hmm. To be kind to yourself, be, ki- be kind to those around you. You don't know what people are going through. Um, to be kind to our environment. To be kind to the people serving you uh, and showing up. So that, the first thing that comes for me is, is can I come from a place of kindness? And when I find myself being short and rushed, um, I have to really check in with that because, you know, we all miss the mark. And people will say to me, gosh, you know, I can't believe, you know, you you, you make cookies and ice cream? You know, I did. You know, am I going to beat myself over it? No. But I mean, am I going to do it every day? No. And so um, number one is be kind to yourself. Um, for me, number two is is really look at who you surround yourself with. Um, and, 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 and what you have control with, try to try to manage that, and, and bless and release. You know, things happen to everybody. Everybody has bad stuff happen. Everybody I know, and I know people that have been that are homeless, and I have people that are billionaires. Everybody has bad stuff happen to them. And how could you stay in harmony and peace and love with them? So for me, I just try to envision what my perfect day looks like. Um, I actually wrote it out in my um, book, Engage a Wellness Lifestyle. It's a, a mini book that's free on my website, drmichellerobin.com, under downloads. And um, and I'm working to have more days like that. You know, I, I can't tell you the last day I've had like that, but I can, I've got a vision of what that looks like for me now. And so I can work towards that. So I'd say take some time to really figure out what keeps you in harmony. And when you're feeling dissonance in your body, that you try to remove those interferences. So those are some of the, the things that I work on. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And, and I mean, you're an inspiration and you're you're helping so many people. And I really hope that a lot of people hear this and take uh, the information you shared to heart and implement it in their lives. Uh, is what what Your website is drmichellerobin.com, correct? Yes, drmichellerobin.com. Awesome. And then uh, are you on, uh, do you have like a Facebook page as well? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, same thing. Um, Twitter, same thing. Um, LinkedIn. And uh, if I could help anybody on their journey and just take the, take just take a step today. And um, and if, if it could be a simple step of saying, you know what, I'm okay. I am right where I need to be at this moment. 
it could be something that simple. And I'm so grateful to be able to share this message. I have a vision to reach a billion people with these simple habits. And um, I can add one more person today to you that and to add some of your listeners. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Well, have a great day, and uh, thank you for uh, taking the time. You're welcome. Blessings to you, David. Blessings to you, too. Bye. And we'll wrap the show with that. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. Once again, this is David Benjamin from HealthyWildAndFree.com. If you aren't already subscribed to the newsletter, go to HealthyWildAndFree.com and click the box at the top right-hand corner. And just enter your email, and you're going to be sent the latest uh, copy of our free book. And you'll be notified with uh, future podcast interviews on health, wellness, green living, uh, spirituality, happiness, uh, anything that will inspire you to live a healthier, more energetic life full of vitality. So make sure to subscribe to the newsletter on HealthyWildAndFree.com. And then also join our Facebook community at Facebook.com slash HealthyWildAndFree. There I'll be sharing uh, the interviews. I'll be sharing uh, videos on health and wellness tips along with uh, different uh, graphics and pictures of of health and wellness tips and uh, all sorts of awesome stuff. So make sure to go like the Facebook community, join the email newsletter, and if you aren't already subscribed, subscribe to the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast in iTunes so you can listen to it in your car, on your smartphone, on your iPod when you walk. Wherever you are, you can tune into these podcasts and uh, hopefully add some value to your life. Thanks a lot for your time, and uh, have a great day. Bye. We'll see you in the next episode. See you.